I don't have to, there we go. Oh, it's, we're on, we're live. Are we live? Oh. It's, it's been a minute since we've done a live Coffee with the Cowgirls, Remy. That is 100% true, but you know, that's what, <laughs> that's what happens when I um, don't set my alarm correctly. I really, I did, oh. I felt so rested. I woke up and I was like, oh man, I woke up before my alarm. I had plenty of time and then I could hear birds and I was like, I did not wake up before my alarm. You heard birds and you saw the sun and you're like, shit. Yeah. Good morning. Good afternoon. It's 1214 my time. It is still the morning. It is still the morning in California. Hydrating, ladies. I'm hydrating. <laughs> I'm in fact hydrating so, because uh, I've had like three cups of coffee and I'm a little jittery already, but you know. Oh, I hope my internet's not an asshole today. Are you frozen? I'm not frozen. I, I'm good. Well, so I've had so many cups of coffee this morning, so I had to start drinking water because I was starting to get a little jittery. Yeah. So there's that. So good morning, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with the Cowgirls. I'm Brett Kruger. And I'm Remy Greer. And life was happening today, as it usually does for us, which is a good thing. And so we're late on getting coffee with cowgirls out there. We just jumped on and we both said, let's do something fun. Let's do Facebook Live. And we haven't done Facebook Live in, is this our 18th episode? Yeah, so we haven't done it for like 15 weeks. So please tell us who's watching. We can't see. We can only see that there's a few people. Um, so make sure to post a comment in the chat. Tell us who you are, where you're from. Give us a shout out. Tell us if you watch us. Oh, there we go. Week, now now it's, showing up. Uh, it's showing up. It's showing up on my screen now. There we go. Okay. Oh, you're watching. Oh, you're see you can see. Cool. So tell us um where you're from, who you are, what your favorite episode has been so far, if you've been watching Coffee with the Cowgirls or listening to us, how you listen to us, YouTube or on the 19,000 podcast platforms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Remy looks so gorgeous this week for Halloween on Monday. That was fun. Yes, uh, and Breck apparently went as the kiddos a horse had show. a blast. Yeah, the kids had a blast, but apparently you went as a horse show mom <laughs> on. <laughs> I went as a ranch hand, Remy. I went as a ranch hand, a working ranch hand. Very real life. Yeah, I uh, I did my makeup. I did my hair. I was a witch to send out the end of spooky season. So it was fun. Well, and you're. Your hair was like so perfect for all of that. So good. It'll, it'll, um, I'll, I'll let it start to wash out more now that we're out of October. So, why you're not washing your hair? I wash it, but I just don't wash it as much, trying to keep the purple and like all those wild colors don't stay in very well. So, um, I like to wash my hair twice a day. So this. Last month, I've only washed it like once every other day. I take a lot of showers. I like the shower. It makes me happy. I just sit in there. I like to shower too. It's needed and necessary. So, you know, Are you like I envy those girls that can use the dry shampoo and do all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm dirty by the end of the day. I have hay in my hair. I got dirt in my hair. I probably have some of my own food in my hair. I don't know. So. I just yeah I definitely can't do the dry shampoo not that's the reason I look like slick Rick today looks good your hair get long man check you out it's long I know look at it's you really long so uh yesterday what well, or yesterday Chimini's um last week was USTPA finals James got home on Sunday I'm assuming yes yes and he had an outstanding fa fantastic week Christine Walter says dry shampoo is a necessity. That's because you're blonde, Christine. It doesn't work with this. 
<laughs> yeah, I've got grays. If I use dry shampoo, it would look worse than it already does. <laughs> no, um, uh, he, had a, he, he had a good show. Um, I did not burn down the ranch while he was gone. So, you know, it was a win. And then Braden made the team penning finals. He was really upset that he didn't make the sorting finals. So that kind of sucked as a mom. And, um, but he made the team penning finals and he moved up. So he was excited. He ended up, Braden ended up third. So that was nice. I didn't, for those who follow us, they know that I've got um, internet demons. And so we watched none of it. Well, I think we watched a little bit, possibly, um, the sorting. We watched a little bit of the sorting, but that was it because the internet gods were not with us over the weekend. So, um, but I'm happy to hear that he got third. That's awesome. I bet he was so excited. He was really excited. It was uh, one of those things as a mom where, like, I never understood my mom, right? I was like, why are you upset when I don't do well? Like, it's me. I'm competing. And then I get this phone call and he's crying and he's like, but I rode well and I didn't do this. And I was like, oh my God. Like I was crying on the phone. And then I was crying when he got a no time on his last run in another sorting class. And I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. It's not rational at all, but it's horrible. So I get it. That is awesome. Um, I went to my first NFL game on Sunday. I might be NFL's newest fan. I loved it. It was so much fun. Uh, Jared Allen rode a horse across the arena during halftime, which was super, super cool. Uh, what what else happened last week? I don't know. I was trying just to survive. I was trying to survive last week, man. I did my job. I was trying to do James's job. I was trying to help with Jose's job, so... Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what happened last week, except for I don't, um, for all you people doing it by yourselves, more power to you because I am worn out this week. Um, are you there? Are we there? I'm, I'm here. I can see you. I think oh, you're here. Okay. Okay. So it's like bouncing in and out and it's really windy here today. So that cannot help. Um, I totally feel like I'm the queen of procrastination and I have got so much on my plate right now, large things, extremely large things. And I have not done any of them. I don't even know how to attack this anymore. <laughs> Well, yeah, you got your you got your stud, you got the horse sale, you have moving to Arizona for the winter. So well, I mean, if I need to get my kids' birth certificates, so I should probably start there because somehow in the transition of all of this, I've lost birth certificates. I know I sound like mother of the year right now. <laughs> um <laughs> how do you lose a birth certificate? I, I'm not sure. So I have to get that. I have to start, I don't know. It's just so it's the moving part. I think I need to really get my ass in gear with all of that, but it's such a big task that sits in front of you and you just don't even know where to start Remy. Yeah. I mean, I, so I told James when he got home, I was like, I, it looks like I did nothing, but I promise you, I did all sorts of things. It just, I, I had a lot of plans for while he was gone to get a lot of projects done. And, um, I got like one of them done. I mean, you talked to me while I was on the grinder, but that's all I got done was really that. And then all the normal stuff I had to do, but I had like, I was like, I'm going to rototill this. I'm going to plant that and I'm going to fix this. And I didn't get any of it done. I got none of it done. I know. Um, maybe I feel, do you feel like you work good under pressure? Like when it comes down to the witching hour and you're like, yeah, held I, mean, off I, do, so like, I shouldn't rely on that because one of these days it's not going to work. Like, I'm not going to get it done. It's going to so. bite, bite us in the ass. But yeah. I think that that is how I perform well, too, is like comes down to the witching hour. And when I try to be super organized and prepared, that usually backfires on me. So then I don't I become this last minuter and I probably have to change that way a little bit. So. Um, on another note, I, what we were going to talk about today was our children. 
right? Is that what we were going to talk about? I, I think so. Yeah. I think we were talking about yeah. trying to raise good children, which I'm just at the beginning of that. Well, so um, good news and bad news. The good news is it wasn't my children. The bad news is that somebody brought a BB gun to school yesterday in our school, our farming school had to go on a lockdown and it is not funny. It was a BB gun. It is and funny though, because it's the Midwest and they saw Remy's a BB gun like, as a threat. <laughs> I tell Remy and Remy says, you live in the Midwest, what in the hell? And I'm like, I know, I know. I mean, I, I don't understand it here, but you'd think in a small Minnesota town that you'd be okay bringing a BB gun to school. Brandon's response was, did they have it in their car? I'm like, Brandon, they're in seventh grade. They don't drive. It was in his locker. Oh, I'm like, what? Because kids hunt on the way home from school around here, not from their cars, but they probably, it's deer hunting right now. They probably go to their tree stand or something. I don't know. Anyhow, uh, interesting that that happens in our little farming community. Um, I don't even know what to say. I, have your kids experienced a lockdown? So we uh, do lockdown drills. And actually, we did have an incident earlier this year where there was a homeless guy that came onto campus to use the bathroom, like just to use the bathroom. And we have a really small, we go to a really small school. So now there are gates with locks on them for everything. So you have to have a key code and everything. But, it, you know, and I should not laugh. I'm only laughing because it's like a small Midwestern farming town where you would think a BB gun wouldn't be that big of a deal. But it is a whole new world. You know, I was in high school. Or I was it in is 2023. It is a whole new world. I yeah, mean. you know, I mean, like I was in middle school when um, Columbine happened. And, you know, we just kind of wrote it off then as just... What year was that? I must have been in eighth grade. Hold on. Let me Google this. Yeah, do the math quick. Oh, I'm not that good at math. I suck at math. Hello, you guys. I'll get to see my face up close because um, I got my computer behind my phone. Well, and then there was just 19, that. 1999, and I graduated in 03. So, um, but you know, like we kind of laughed it off. It was a trench coat mafia, and then there's uh, just been so many more. And that's the thing: the hits just keep coming. It wasn't just a one-off anymore, right? It wasn't just Uvalde. Or am I, am I saying that right? Yeah, Uvalde. Yeah, Uvalde just happened, and that one was terrible. No, and I, so it's like, you know, when we were in high school, it was kind of a joke, like, all oh, the trench coat mafia, that's what we're going to dress up for Halloween. And then there was another school shooting and then another school shooting. Um, Virginia Tech happened when I was in college. So it was just all these things kept piling on. So I should not laugh. But again, it's just funny to me. And I get, you know, and I, it's the same thing. Like, it, it's funny to me because it's a BB gun. But what if it wasn't a BB gun? And so our kids now live, you know, our kids now live in a, they have to practice. We practice fire and earthquake drills. Well, now they have to practice lockdown drills. And that started when I was in college, too. We started having to practice lockdown drills when I was in college. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and they go to a small school, so they have cameras up everywhere. That's how they knew the guy was in the bathroom. They locked the, the campus down. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's now parenting in a whole new world with a lot more dangers. Uh well, so Bodie was telling me yesterday, because I knew about the school shooting or school shooting, geez. Um, I knew about the, yes, I knew about the lockdown from one of my friends who works at the hospital. She must have had some intel. And like shortly after she told us, um, we got an email from the school. They said that what had happened and whatnot. And then Bodie came home or the boys came home last night and we were talking about the school day and Bodie said that. And I think that it all stems back, like, how do you know th some of these kids probably just don't have great home lives, right? And they're trying to extract a little attention from school because they're not getting it at home. And luckily, there are a lot of really good kids in Bodhi's class. And I'd like to think that Bodhi is one of them, too, because he does stand up for the underdogs a lot. And he said there's a smaller kid in his class and there was a bigger kid really picking on him and saying real crappy things. And the, the littler kid was scared because this other kid was going to whoop him if he did get after him. 
and uh, they got they were all in the locker room. Well, there's no teachers in the locker room. I would assume that that's a very unsupervised area. So if if this older this older boy wanted to get a hold of the littler kid, he certainly could have. But um, some Bodie, it sounded like Bodie and one of his friends like stepped in and got it handled to the point where the other the bigger kid was like a little scared and backed away from that kid then and kind of scary how that stuff can happen in school the it could happen anywhere I guess but um yeah you just never know and I don't think that the teachers can do a lot about it today either because no I mean a lot of them are kind of hamstrung they can't they can't step in you don't have suspensions you don't have detentions you don't you're not dealing with a lot of the like I like so I went to a private school I went, I went to private schools all the way through, but we all got in trouble, I think, our freshman or sophomore year at my high school for drinking and partying off campus. Now, we got in trouble for off campus at someone's house because, it, again, it was a private school. They could get after you. Like, we all, like, we, um, we couldn't play sports for two months. Like, we couldn't do anything. Like, our and our whole class got in trouble. Not one of us. All of us got in trouble. And uh, we were all pretty much serving in school suspensions and they didn't want it to affect your grades long-term, right? They didn't want it to be out there, but you, you know, we got in a lot of trouble and it did not go on our permanent transcript, but we got in a lot of trouble. And it was one of those things where if you did it again, if you got in trouble again, this would now go on your permanent record. This would now affect you for the rest of your academic, at least your academic career. So we took it pretty seriously. Um, but again, it goes to kind of what we were going to talk about. Like, how do you raise good citizens? How do you raise good men? Because it's a whole new world, even from what I grew up in, you know, and it changes all the time. And how do you, so how do you raise good boys and good men or good children? And I say good men. Good children. Because, good children. Right? I, I only have boys. So this is what I'm saying, right? Like, how do you raise good <laughs> I only citizens? Have boys. You know, how do you raise good citizens? How do you raise good citizens that will stand up for what they're supposed to stand up for and do the right thing when no one's watching. And um, really in general, just aren't assholes. Like I, my biggest fear is that I'm raising an asshole because the world is full of them and we don't need more. And uh, I think and it, it I mean, and it's there's a fine line between stopping all the bullying, like, and you need to stop bullying, but at the same time, like you, if you are never tested, you can never be that strong. Right. So it's you want kids to have a slightly rough go of it every once in a while, not a really rough go, just a slightly rough go that makes them think about their actions or what they're doing and then how they would respond. I it was probably the mid-September mark, I would say, and Bodie had a kid that was in his class. I can't remember if he was a year older in his class. And he was bullying Bodhi. I mean, Bodhi struggles with a, he struggles with math a little bit. So he gets extra help. And um, I, we had to go to bat for him to get the extra help, which is very important. If you don't understand something, there's no shame in getting help, right? Yeah. Um, and this, this kid was just, just bullying him about it, about the extra help. And Bodie never told me. Bronson came home and told us that this kid was saying real shady things to Bodie. And I, I sat down and I was going to email the school. And I was like, you know what? Screw that. The school is not going to take care of it. They've got so many other issues. I don't know if any of the viewers really knows what happens in public school, but it's a lot. I mean, public school is necessary and it's needed. Don't get me wrong. But the shit that goes down in some of these public schools is absolutely mind-blowing and crazy. So I know how overwhelmed they are. And I was like, you know, Bodie, I said, um, I hate that this is happening to you. I said, and I could send an email to the school and tell them what's happening but I feel like that's going to make it worse. If this kid is doing this to you and we step in and have the teachers do something about it, it's just going to make it worse. He's going to continue bullying you. And I said, so I feel like you have to handle it on your own. So I'm going to give you full permission to just punch him the next time, I guess. I'm like, I if you get a in school suspension, 
I'm okay with it because he won't, he will stop bullying you. When you stand up for yourself at that point and tell him that, you know, I'm done with this. No more. You're not going to make fun of me for having extra help. He will quit if he knows that you are going to handle the situation. And I said, I'll fully stand behind you on this. And he goes, you know, it's not so much me, mom, that I'm, I'm, I can handle what he says to me. I can handle that. It's the person who he does it to next. What if they can't handle what he has to say? That's who I want to stand up for. And I'm like, well, then go for it. I, I'm behind you. I support you in this. I just want the kid to know it's not okay. <laughs> but actually, somebody else. Bodhi went to the bathroom a couple days later. That kid came in there and started to say something to Bodhi. And an older upperclassman who was a football player grabbed the kid and said, if I hear you saying crap like this to him or anybody else again, I'm going to beat the hell out of you. And it hasn't been a problem since. And maybe I'm alone in how you handle those situations. I don't know. But it's much better handling that situation like that, I feel like, than coming from a teacher or the principal, because then it's just done. Those are their peers. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, it's like, it's such a fine line, right? So if it's true, true bullying, like dangerous bullying, you do have to get. Um, Correct. But it's like you said, and I have some friends that, that teach in large public schools and they are overwhelmed. Oh overwhelmed, my God. Right. So like they've got, you know, like in the bigger schools around here, they'll have two counselors for 3,500 kids. How do you handle that? How do you even know their names? Like, honestly. So, and then, you know, and you, we talk about it with burnout with horse trainers. Well, there's burnout in teachers. A lot of these teachers become the vessel in which these kids, if they, if they're a very good teacher, they become the vessel in which these kids pour everything into. And then they take home that emotional burden, right? Because they don't have anyone else they can trust. They don't have any, they feel like that's their last kind of bastion of trust and compassion. And now you're putting all that burden on teachers. And that's tough too. It's tough for the teachers. It's tough for the student. And again, we've talked about how we're all getting more and less connected, right? We're more connected through social media, but we're also disconnected. So again, how do you monitor that with your kids? Like, I'm going to tell you right now, I am so glad that I did not really have social media when I was in high school. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm glad that we had disposable cameras that even when we had cameras on our phones, they weren't great. But, you know, like it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous world. And because we have so much instant access to everything, it's, uh, and that's why I think you see a different kind of bullying too, right? They want an immediate, it's not just the big tough kid. Like people are getting mean. I swear people are getting meaner too, like just meaner. And I got bullied a lot. I mean, I have a lazy eye. Um, I was gone a lot. I think that there is like a lack. What is I think that it's always been an issue, right? When we were in school, it was an issue. I think that the degree of the issue has just intensified because there is there are people who don't hold their kids accountable, girls and boys. There's no accountability. Um, they want to be friends and not parents. I see a lot of that. And... Um, the amount of time for a multitude of reasons that people are spending with their kids is a lot less. I mean, you and well, I yeah, are, I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day. Cause um, she was saying, you know, her mom works with the schools and she was talking to this girl and she goes, what do you do when you go home? She goes, I go to sleep. I go in my room and I go to sleep. Well, you think about, you think about it this way, right? Like you have so many two parent households that both parents are working right? To keep up now. So you don't have a mom or a dad that stays at home with a lot of these kids. So they're kind of left to their own devices. And that's not good with anxiety or depression because look, exercising isn't going to fix depression, but it can help, right? It's not the cure, but it can be part of it. And so you can't just go down the rabbit hole of, I don't feel well and I'm going to go to sleep. And my girlfriend was saying that her mom told her, she goes, do you have a dog? She goes, yeah, I have a dog. She goes, take it for a walk for 10 minutes a day, just 10 minutes and see where that goes because it is all these small things. But again, you've got kids that are coming home to an empty house and we joke about Gen X being latchkey kids. Well, yeah, but it was a different kind of empty house. You didn't have a million things at your disposal just to keep you preoccupied. You still kind of had to do other things. And 
now you've got kids that if they're hungry, they door dash. If they want to do something, they watch their phone yeah. or they watch TV or they play PlayStation, right? They don't have to really engage in a lot of things like even I had to when I was younger. And they uh, have alone time because that's a thing now, Remy. Have you ever thought of, have you ever heard of that alone time? Like little ones, like they have their own alone time, like they're asking to have their alone time and which is basically just tablet time. And don't get me wrong. I, my kids have electronics and they do the things. So I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect parent by any means. Um, It, and you know, the, the parents being absent, that's for a multitude of reasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, in our world today, there's, you know, a lack of employees for all of these businesses. And so people are having to work longer hours, more hours because they're short staffed. Um, there's single moms and dads out there who just don't have the resources. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, there's a lot of things. And then there's just plain absent parents. And I don't know. I mean, luck. Luckily for us, some days, lucky for us, we're self-employed. So we're with our kids all the time. Yeah, no. And I mean, it was like, so James was gone last week, which means, and uh, we had a bunch of weed abatement to do. So the guy that works for me, who I adore, had to go do weed abatement too. So I was doing, like I said, I was doing my job. I was doing James's job, doing part of Jose's job. And like, I'm a bad bitch, but I'm not that bad. I'm not that good. Like, I'm good, but I was getting up at 4.30 and going to bed at 11, and I was just worn out. But thankfully, and I know how lucky I am, my mom came and took my boys to school. If I couldn't make it, she'd call me around 2 o'clock because we have to leave at about 2.30 to pick up the boys. Uh, do you need me to go with the boys? So, again, that alleviated that little bit of stress. Now, my boys weren't left alone because they had my mom there, but I know how lucky I am to have my mom to help um, step in. And even like in James's winning speech, right? Cause they interviewed all the winners and he said, he thanked me and then he thanked my mom because that's who kept everything running. She's all. part of your team. Yeah. And She's I'm lucky, you know, team. I'm lucky that way. And I think the other thing too is like, when I was little and I, and my kids are kind of treated this way. Like I knew an ass whooping could come from anyone really. Right. My mom, my aunts, my mom's friends, a horse trainer, like, you didn't step out of line because there was someone watching you. And I, my close friends are that way with my kid. Like, you know, they're more than willing to spank them on the butt, but they're also going to tell me if they did something really good, which is great. Like I have this awesome group of people, but some people get really offended about, and I, and I'm not saying that everyone should step in and parent your children, but you want to know if your kids are doing something wrong. And so yeah. I, I do anyway. And a lot of parents don't. They can't imagine that their child had done anything bad. And, uh, you know, I, my oldest one, who's always been a straight A student, had a substitute teacher because one of his teachers went on maternity leave two years ago. And I watched his grades plummet. And it wasn't about the grade for me. It was, and I, you know, I tried to talk to the sub and she wouldn't really talk to me. So I finally wrote a very strongly worded letter. And if I sit down to write a letter, you don't want to read it. You don't want to be on the other <laughs> end of it. Um, so I, you know, I go, hey, and I did. I put the burden on my son. I said, hey, is he not paying attention? Is he talking to other kids? Is he distracting other kids? And I go through all this stuff. And she finally emails me back. She goes, well, I'll give him an A. I said, it's not about an A. Why is he failing? He's drowning. How do I keep him from drowning? Oh, well, you know, and it, was, it was something really dumb. But again, I wasn't blaming her. I, I really wasn't trying to blame her. I was trying to blame him or just the situation. How do I help him? And so I ended up having, I ended up having to meet with the headmistress of the school. Cause I was like, look, he's not learning. And then I come to find out that I was the first of what would be a lot of complaints about the newer teacher. And I think she was just out of same thing. I think she was a little below water on what she could teach and that's okay. Ask for help. But don't just try and write these kids off with whatever grade you think they should get and hope for the best, right? You didn't teach them. You didn't allow them. But again, I was more than willing to take responsibility if my kid was doing something wrong. But how do I fix it? How do I make it better for him moving forward? 
Because how did he go from an A in something to a D? Because if he's getting a D in math, that means he's not ready for next year. So what do I have to do? And it really wasn't about, it wasn't about the grade. It was, the grade was just a marker that something had gone wrong for him. So how do we fix that? And again, my responsibility as a parent was, how do I fix it for him? Not how do I fix his grade? How do I teach him? Do I have to take him to a tutor? Do we need more work? Because I'm willing to do all those things, but you have to tell me, you have to give me the tools to do it. Uh, Remy and our kid, my kids are like polar opposites. My kids will, my kids are not straight A students. They are social butterflies. Oh, my <laughs> oldest one is straight A. My second one, not so much. And then it's to be determined on the next two. Mine are definitely following in their mother's footsteps with um, uh, going for degrees in social socialization, I guess. Um, I will never forget when it was Bodhi. He was probably, uh, he was probably five or six and we were at Runnings, which is our farm store. And we get in the truck after checking out and we're putting him in the back seat, buckling him up or whatever. And Brayden notices that he had a Kit Kat, which meant that he stole the Kit Kat. And Brandon made him walk back in there. He was, he cried for a long time at first. And Brandon's like, no, we're not leaving this store until you walk back in there and you give it to the cashier. And the cashier said, oh, you didn't have to do that. It's no big deal. And Brandon's like, it might not be a big deal for you, but it is a big deal for us. And I'm, that kid is never, he still talks about that day and he never thinks about doing anything like that. But we held him accountable for reasons on it. And Feel like we need a gold star for that moment in our life. No, but it's true, right? Because and it's it's not a big deal then, right? It isn't a big deal then. It ends up being a big deal if you let everything slide. So yes. like my oldest one, if he thinks he's disappointed you, well then that's the end of the world. No, my middle two, they could give a shit. They really yeah. could. They're like, all right. And he can't hit him hard enough. So um <laughs> Parenting them is a little, it's, it tests me. I got to parent all of mine differently, you know, and like my second oldest one, Brayden, like we call him the diva and he is a diva and it is That's my little, and it's tough. It tests every nerve I have versus like uh Trent. So that's my third oldest one. So he's pretty easy going. Like he never really wants anything from you. And same thing. I had a really proud parenting moment this weekend. Um, we had a birthday party. We were putting on a horse show. Down. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, thought the party started at three and my mom said something and I run back in the house and it was like almost two o'clock and the party started at noon. And like, I was tired. I was emotionally worn out and I start crying and I'm just like, I am so sorry. I missed the party for you. Like all this stuff. And he looks at me and he can tell he's got the lump in his throat because his eyes are tearing up and he's trying not to cry. And he goes, I know, mom, I was going to remind you, but you were just so busy. I didn't want to do it to you. And then I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to cry. I'm like full on sobbing because like, that's not his burden that I'm busy, no. you know, and he's just, it's good that they understand that though. I but do he's feel... like, and he is that kid, but he is that kid. So it's like, it's hard to get after him because he really asks you for nothing. So then every once in a while, he'll throw a temper tantrum for him. It's if he doesn't win because everyone sees Brayden and thinks that one's competitive. He's got nothing on T, nothing. So he started running cross country with Brayden. First graders aren't supposed to run. He started running. They let him run. So they've been running almost three miles and he's ending up fifth out of kids from third through eighth grade. And he runs like the Terminator, just like, <sighs> because he's going to win. Like, no, he's going to win. He's going to bust his ass and he's going to go win. And that's how he is about everything. Like, that's how he's about baseball. That's how he's about soccer. He just wants to be the best. So I have to swallow that a little bit when he doesn't win and tell him like, I really love the drive, but we got to harness it just a little differently. And um, I don't know what I'm going to do with my, my youngest one. He's just feral and he smiles a lot. So he gets away with a lot of stuff because he's like the cutest thing in the entire world. So uh, it, is it, hard. <laughs> it is really hard. And, um, you know, I think too, like sometimes the busier your life is, 
the easier it becomes to let some of those little things slide. I don't, not easier. It maybe, yes, maybe easier. No, it's because you're busy, right? It's not, it's not not important today. And it's like, um, and then when it becomes an issue, then you're like, damn it. I should have taken the time to do that. And uh, it's, it's the same thing. Like a lot of people see me being hard on my kids. Well, part of it is we live, we deal with agriculture, right? If I tell you to move, I need you to move right now because there is a big danger. Danger. Actually get hurt. I don't want you just to move because fuck off. I want you to move. Like if I tell you to move, there could be a horse loose, there could be a cow loose, there could be a tractor coming. You have to listen to what I say. And um, it's, it's a challenge to parent and, uh, like my favorite meme that's going around is like, uh, how's that gentle parenting going? And it's like, oh, I tried a gentle parent, my but my children aren't gentle childrening, and that's what it is. Like, yeah. I would love to be light and happiness and peace, but these you assholes just me on us, and wouldn't be a Pollyanna parent. I do, but I got <laughs> feisty kids, man. And uh, <laughs> but you know, I think it's I, I got think feisty spawn. You got, you've got to watch your kids in the quiet moments too, right? You have to watch for the good they do. Um, we had a client one time and her daughter was graduating. I think, I think it was high school and we went to a graduation party and, um, Kyle was really little. I think Kyle was only like two and her son. So they were all sucking, like, you know, it's all these high school kids and they're all like sucking the helium to make their voice go high. And her son who was not great. He wasn't old enough to graduate from high school. Walks over with a couple balloons for Kyle and goes, Hey, I got these for Kyle so that he has some balloons because they're going to suck the air out of the rest of them. But it's a small gesture, right? It was this small thing that he nice. saw a little kid and he brought him over balloons. And that same kid, another time we were standing somewhere and my mom was standing there and he sees my mom and he gets up and he gives her a seat. But it's a small thing. No one told him to do it, right? No one told that kid to do it. He just saw it. And it's the small things like that, that I really do think are the measure of a person. It's not the big gestures that people do when everyone's watching. It's the small quiet things that they do that makes you know that they're kind or they're caring or they're empathetic. And um, so when I hear stuff like that about my kids, it makes me happy. And it's the same thing. If you see someone's kids do stuff that's good, tell them, them, tell them, because it's nice to know that you're, doing your best and maybe your best is going to be good enough. It feels good to hear it. Uh, one of my favorite memories from this summer or moments from this summer was um, Bodie and his friend Anthony started helping our neighbor, Henry, who I think Henry's 93, Remy, and he still lives in his little farmhouse and he's got a big grove and he's got all of the equipment because he has to cut down trees and all of that kind of thing. And the boys helped Henry this summer doing some projects. Um, they brought back his, he had like a little waterfall in the back of his property by his cabin that had all been overgrown and they cleared that off, made that really cool. And Brayden and I were gone like on a Sunday afternoon and Bodie said, um, I'm going to stay home because we're going to work at Henry's and we're, that's fine. You can do that. And we got home and Bodie said, mom, I, me and Anthony brought a pizza over to a frozen pizza. Hope you don't mind over to Henry's for lunch today. And we had lunch in his basement and played pool with him. And I was like, really Bodie? And he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, Henry didn't even have a, a pizza, a pizza pan, mom. We had to just put it on the rack of the oven. I'm like, Oh, that's fine. He's like, he didn't even have a pizza cutter. He goes, in fact, we burned the pizza. So we ate burned pizza and played pool. So you know what Bodie? I said, I'm guessing that that was one of Henry's best days. Do you think so, mom? I'm like, Henry's 93 years old. When do you think the last time that Henry had two boys in his basement playing pool and eating burned pizza? Probably a great day for him. It's, they probably don't, he probably hasn't done that in years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, made me feel like I was raising a good kid hearing that story of, bringing the frozen pizza over there and doing the things to bring this older gentleman's bring some brightness or light into his life. So 
No, and it's you see it. It's a you just you want you want to put good out into the world, and it's really hard, and it's hard to not be hard on your. I said hard a lot. It's losing all this meaning, but it's hard to not be hard on your children. If you're like me, maybe it, for some people, I don't think it's hard for them to not be hard on their children. But I do expect perfection, and I expect perfection out of myself. That doesn't mean that they can't fail, but I will tell you, I do not put up with kids not trying. Like, that is my biggest pet peeve. If you're going to do something, do it with effort and do it to the best of your ability. And again, it does not mean that they have to win at everything or have the best grades, but they have to put the effort out there. And, um, you know, and they, I think they learn more about themselves when they start to put all that effort out. They learn what they're made of and what they want to do. Like, um, Kyle decided to play football. We kind of made him play football because he wasn't really doing anything. And um, our whole deal is you aren't just going to sit at home. I don't care what you're going to do. I don't care if it's going to be music. I don't care if it's going to be art, but do something productive. Don't just sit at the house. And he's just not an aggressive kid. He's fast. He's athletic. He's talented. He just isn't um, aggressive, you know, and it, and I could watch it kind of break part of him with that coach. And I told him, I said, well, you can quit. Like, and I do not let my kids quit. I go, you can quit. I don't like this. I don't like the situation. I don't like the coaching as a professional coach. I really don't like the coaching. Um, but he was like, no, I'm going to show him how good I am. And he stuck with it and good, good for him. Now he knows that he can be in a bad situation, a situation that's not great for him and he can push through. Yeah. Um, if you know my little, my little is the most intense, aggressive thing you've ever met in your life. Um, he does get by with a little bit of shit because he's so funny, unfortunately for me. <laughs> uh, but he was so stoked and pumped to play football this year. And I mean, just relentlessly begged me. And I'm like, yeah, you can do the thing. And about halfway through the season, he uh he was like well a bunch of us are gonna quit mom because they were unhappy with the they were the group formed was unhappy with the people that they were putting in it i don't even i i know so little about football but they were unhappy with who they were playing at different times and i said i don't care what the rest of your friends do but you are not quitting over my dead body i will haul your ass to that practice every day and make sure that you freaking are doing it because the way that you came at me relentlessly to play this damn sport and what yeah. I no, you are going. So I really didn't give a shit if he liked it or not, but he, he did love it. But like, you're following this through seeing this through. Yeah. And like, it was a hard call for me because it's the same thing. Like everyone sees my mom as this super sweet lady and she is. Um, but if I want if <laughs> I want to do that, <laughs> Uh, if you wanted to quit something, right? Like, so this was a big difference for me. Like if we wanted to quit something, you had to go tell your coach. She was not going to make excuses. You had to be upfront and honest. Why are you not going to do these things? And then she would let you do whatever you wanted, but it really made you think, are you quitting? Cause you're tired. Are you quitting? Cause you just don't want to get up right now. Like what are your real reasons for quitting? And, um, if you could give her a good reason and you could go tell your coach or your trainer why you were quitting. So it was hard for me to tell Kyle he could quit. But when I watched that kid just crumble, it was not a good situation. Now he made the best of it and I didn't tell him to quit, but I said, if you want to quit, you're allowed to quit. This is a situation where if you were older, there would have been a different discussion with the coach. Because, and it's not that I coddle my kids because I am the queen of ash chewing. I don't coddle my kids, but there's a time and a place and you taking your frustration out on small children yeah, is children. ridiculous. Yeah. was ridiculous. But, you know, he stuck it out and he didn't get to play very much, but he tried to make the best of every opportunity. And it is a learning experience because you're going to work for people that don't like you and that you don't like. You're going to have teachers that you're going to work for them, with them, around yeah, them. You're going to have teachers that don't think you're special. You're going Get to have to it. You're going to have you know, people. And so that is a life skill to learn life. those things. But it's you also have to learn your value, and then uh, and you have to learn what motivates you. So for him, I was glad he stuck with it. You know, I was glad he stuck with it. He's just a, he's a different 
he's different than my other boys. He's a lot softer than my other boys, but, um, so crazy. A, all kids are different. Yeah. Brayden's a diva. So he wants to be the best. And for me, when he doesn't try, it's because something went wrong. It's like, oh, well, it was this, it was that blah, blah. And I was like, God, no, it wasn't. You could be twins. It sounds like try harder. Just try harder. If you try harder, then you can make excuses. But if you try hard enough, you won't have excuses to make. And then, like I said, T's just the Terminator, man. Like if he wants it, he's going to get it. And nothing is standing in his way. And then I'm pretty sure that Clayton is going to, he's super athletic, but he's just going to kind of waltz onto every team by smiling and being a smart ass. Like that's where his place is. But and it's hard as a mother. Like, you, you want to insulate them against the pain that you felt. And maybe you didn't feel it. Like I talked about it before. So I have the lazy eye. I know what it's like to be picked on and bullied and have people stare at you. I understand that. And I don't want that for my children. Like at all. But it's like Kyle is not a naturally confident kid. That does, and I told I I've had that I've had that conversation. Go shine. Go be the best you can be. You're amazing at a lot of things. I don't want people cheering for me. I don't want to stand out. Okay, like because that's not for me. Like I don't understand that. That's not my how I'm built. That's not how my husband's built. That's not how my kid. Like you know, that's not how my other kids are built. But he doesn't want to stand out. And going back to my mom making me quit, like you, I watched it in my husband's family. If those kids didn't want to do something, their mom would make an excuse for them, right? Why they didn't have to play the sport or why they didn't like the coach or why they didn't do this. Well, that ingredients into you a different kind of excuse. Like you are going to have shitty things happen to you, no matter how good you are, no matter how great your life is, shitty things are going to happen. So how do you survive those shitty things? And Overcome honestly, them, yeah. Yeah, like, and honestly, me being coached by a bunch of very hard people turned me into who I am for better or worse, but I know what I'm made of and I know what I can survive and I know what I can endure. I had a permed mullet with bangs at one point in my life, Remy, so I had to get comfortable and confident. That is different. also Midwestern, and I think that you probably fit in just fine. <laughs> Oh my oh, god! Start getting hate. You know, if we ever get popular enough, I'm gonna get hate mail for making fun of the Midwest all the time. You are. <laughs> we haven't re we haven't reached oh, that success god. yet. No, like, no. You, but it's. I was talking to another girlfriend yesterday about her kids. You know, and you get a lot of people that, and I haven't been around her kids for a couple of years. But you get a lot of people that say some stuff about them. But I will tell you again, looking at the quiet. Brayden didn't talk really at all until he was about three and a half and still barely talked until he was about five. And those boys always went out of their way to talk to him and include him and do all those things, even though we didn't talk. And it's funny because they'd be like, you want to do this? And kind of nod. They're like, okay, cool. Come on. Like, but they didn't, they kind of forced him to respond without actually getting a verbal response. Right. They engaged him and then moved on. And again, that's those things that you want to see. That's those things of the quiet you want to see. You want to see your children, sitting with the kid that's not popular or um, at least having empathy and understanding stuff. And the other thing too, is you also, the flip side of that is you don't want your kids to put up with bullshit from people that are not nice because sometimes someone's sitting alone because they're an asshole. So that's a lesson yeah. to learn too. Identify. Yes. Yeah, so hopefully yeah. we yeah. them with the skills to identify. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and then how do you, how do you raise manly men that are also soft enough to be caring and empathetic? Because uh, I am married to someone that cares very deeply, but is also the captain of this ship. You know, and it's... Uh, I am probably the same, I would say. You know. Um, and but your boys see that. My boys see that. I I do believe that my boys are... I mean, Bodie is definitely more tender-hearted than Bronson is, um, but Bronson still tries to. I mean, I shouldn't say tries. He is a nice, including kid to others. I think because he knows if he's not, he's going to get his ass whipped. But uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I, I think I, I, see I, it. and I mean, I think that's the luxury, honestly, of taking our kids with us so many places. Is they're exposed to so many different people. So they learn that you can't judge everyone by what they look like or how, you know, the appearance of wealth or the appearance of fine things. Like 
they learn that not everyone is going to show what they have personality wise, financially wise, emotionally wise right away because they're exposed to so many people, you know, and I, I feel like our children have a step up on a lot of kids because they're super social, whether it's in school or at horse shows, they have to be around a lot of other people and they have to figure out their place in the world in a, in a good way, right? They get to be confident. Like uh, I was talking to someone else about kids and I go, you know, you want kids to be a little bit cocky. You want them to have enough confidence in what they are. They shouldn't be cocky about everything. If they're really good at something. They sh they've earned the right to be very confident about it. And they still have to be humble, but they have to be confident in what they do. Because especially in a horse sport, it doesn't matter if it's Brett disappeared. Like always, this is what happens to us on live feeds. Um, hello, everyone. Let's see if I'm still on Facebook because Breck is not. Disregard my giant head. It's okay. That's why we can't have nice things, Breck. Hello. I'm back. You just leave me out here. <laughs> Sorry. It's so windy here today that I think it keeps, we have internet problems on a good day. So on a bad day, it's even worse. Today is not a good day. I had thunder and lightning this morning. It rained for like a couple hours. I was excited. But I don't think it's going to rain anymore. Well, Remy, I think that I need to wrap it up here because fingers crossed, we've got a dog going to a new home today. Are you coming back <laughs> with more stuff? We're not sure. Yeah, not sure. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys for joining us today on our crazy adventures of coffee with the cowgirls uh, next week. We'll be back on Wednesday. Um, a little bit more prepared. Yeah. Look, I'm not on it was, I'm still scrambling from last week, fully aware that this was um, not great. It's We're okay. just real life women out here <laughs> telling our truth and living yeah. it up, owning it, owning it. Well, well, thank we you guys you for all. joining us. Yes. Yes. Thank you for following us, continuing to follow us on YouTube, all of the podcast channels. We hope that you enjoyed our little treat today of um, amusement. Yes. So like and subscribe on all the things so that um, more people can enjoy this hot mess express that we got going on. Yeah. Um, what else? Well, have a great week. I don't know this weekend. Do we have things? I, we I have things. I think I have nothing this weekend, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep steering that train that way. I think James has plans <laughs> of going somewhere to the wild animal park or something like that. But um, I want to do nothing. I wanted it to rain really hard today so that I could just curl up in my blankets and go to sleep. But. Uh, Sleep for the week and I'll sleep when I'm dead. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think that my husband wants to take me on a date night to Red Lobster, possibly. <laughs> Get you some cheddar biscuits. Sounds delicious. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll talk to you soon, Remy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>